you can listen to The Front on your smart speaker every morning. To hear the latest episode, just say, play the news from The Australian. From The Australian, here's what's on The Front. I'm Kristen Amiot. It's Tuesday, July 18. Official campaign pamphlets for and against an Indigenous voice to Parliament will be launched through the Australian Electoral Commission today. The documents will be published online exactly as they've been received. That means the AEC hasn't edited or reformatted the pamphlets in any way. Millions of physical copies of the multi-page flyers will be printed and distributed across the nation in the coming days and weeks. A bipartisan group of parliamentarians is encouraging people fleeing Hong Kong to consider coming to Australia. New figures have revealed only a small number of protection visas are granted to Hong Kongers facing Chinese oppression, but the group says support is available and necessary in light of bounties controversially issued by Hong Kong police. Experts are concerned that ADHD assessments conducted via telehealth services pose a significant risk of misdiagnosis. The Institute of Clinical Psychologists says best practice falls by the wayside when patients are diagnosed through online quizzes, and it could see people incorrectly treated or medicated for the condition. Seven Australian soldiers killed in a deadly World War I battle have been identified using DNA analysis. Their gravestones will be rededicated in a special ceremony in France on Wednesday. In today's episode, how the century-old mystery was solved and what it means for families left wondering about their fate for decades. The year was 1916. The First World War had been raging for two years. The fighting spanned continents from Europe to the Middle East and into the Pacific. January 1916, the second winter of the war. Millions of soldiers and civilians died in the conflict and countless others were wounded. The war grew tentacles that slithered into life off the battlefield too. Supplies dwindled, industries buckled, families fractured and broke. On France's Western Front, a network of trenches snaked its way from the English Channel all the way to Switzerland. Allies from the United Kingdom, France, America and others dug the trenches to protect themselves against unrelenting advances by the German forces. By July, soldiers from the 5th Australian Division were living among them, unaware of the horror they were about to face. Together with members of the British 61st Division, they were sent into battle at Orbers Ridge, The hope was that this diversion would prevent the German reserves from moving south. According to the Australian War Memorial, it was, quote, a disastrous failure. Almost 2,000 Australian troops were killed in the overground assault and 400 were captured. Thousands more became casualties in the daylight assault. The Battle of Fromelles, as it's known, is believed to be the single biggest loss in 24 hours by any division in the entire First World War. A little over two years later, on November 11, 1918, the Western Front finally fell silent. The Battle of Fromelles was long over, but many of the troops killed in action still lay on that bloody earth, unable to be identified. Until now. Over the last several years, Defence Force personnel have been working to recover Australian soldiers buried in a mass grave discovered in the region more than a decade ago. So far, 173 have been identified and reburied in graves marked with names all but lost to time. 
On the evening of Wednesday, July 19, local time, the headstones of seven Australian troops who died in the Battle of Fromelles will be rededicated in the presence of their living descendants and relatives. They are Sergeant Oscar Eric Bauman, Corporal William John Stephen, Private Richard James McGaw, Private Alexander Russell Robert Page, Private Maurice James Claxton, Private Walter Allen Grace, and Private Edwin Charles Gray. Private Gray was the oldest of the group at 30 years old when he was killed in action. The youngest, Sergeant Bauman, was just 20. They shall not grow old as we that are left grow old. Age shall not weary them, nor the years condemn. The commemorative ceremony at Pheasant Wood Military Cemetery will mark the 107th anniversary of the Battle of Fromelles. It's a poignant moment in the current context. I mean, historians will tell you and indeed have written at length about the Battle of Fromelles and how it has never really grasped the imagination of the Australian public, even after 107 years. Matthew Condon is a senior reporter with The Australian. He's collaborating with reporter Joanna Panagopoulos on this story. Which is interesting because it was fierce, it was deadly. There were massive losses of life, Australian soldiers, and The thing to bear in mind, too, is that these young soldiers were very inexperienced. So it's that incredible naivety of the Australian spirit coming headfirst into the technological nightmare of the German attack. The significance of finally the identity being revealed of these seven soldiers is almost difficult to describe. Suddenly, with the advent of DNA technology, their DNA was extracted. And through an incredibly meticulous process, the unrecovered war casualties army team match DNA with living relatives. Now, it's a very, very precise process, astonishing for the families. And it's also after well over a century, it shows you that with the army and this team, and their relentless work to try and metaphorically bring these men home, so to speak. It's a very, very noble thing to do, and I think a very Australian thing to do. You know, we can't leave our boys behind. We have to resolve this as best we can. And after a century, the Australian Army is still doing that amazing work, so all credit to them. It's not every day your family tree changes in a dramatic fashion, and especially not because of events that occurred more than a century ago. We'll have more on the identification of Australia's fallen soldiers after this short break. Access a world of true crime podcasts on CrimeX Plus, where award-winning journalists take a deep dive into unsolved cases. Every week, we're waking up to a dead woman, a dead mother, sister auntie, grandmother, it's not good enough. From the team that brought you The Teacher's Pet, Shadow of Doubt and Dying Rose, unlock early, ad-free and bonus content from brand new series and flagship shows such as I Catch Killers with Gary Jubilin. One was shot in the mouth and I thought he was dead. Another one had been shot with a shotgun and I got the overspray. Search for Crimex Plus on Apple Podcasts to start digging deep into the world of true crime.
The first time Herb Stephen heard anything about a soldier in the family was when representatives from the Australian Defence Force contacted him to ask for his DNA. He spoke with senior reporter Matthew Condon for this story. This whole thing was a surprise to me when they, a couple of years back with the Australian government, the military got a hold of me and asked me for that DNA. I was quite amazed and even more amazed a month and a half ago when they got back to me and said that with that DNA they were able to identify my relative. That was quite amazing. He's the second cousin once removed of Corporal William John Stephen, or Billy as he was known. Stephen is one of seven Australian soldiers whose gravestones will be rededicated in a commemorative ceremony on Wednesday after his identity was discovered through DNA analysis. He was just 28 years old when he was killed in the catastrophic Battle of Fromelles in 1916. But long before the Great War changed the course of history, Billy Stephen was a Balmain boy, born and raised in Sydney's Inner West. It's here that he worked as a grocer before enlisting in Liverpool in 1915. Herb is 89, turning 90 this year. And living in Canada, where he was born. But he has a roundabout connection to Australia and to the local branch of the Stephen family. My father was Albert Stephen. He was born in Gartley, Aberdeenshire. He came to Canada and joined the Canadian Army in the First World War and was wounded in the Battle of Cambrai in France. Luckily, he recovered or I wouldn't be sharing this story with you. My second great-grandparents, Alexander Morrison Stephen and Janet Christie, lived in Scotland. Their grandson, Daniel Stephen, immigrated to New South Wales, Australia, and married Mary Marshall. One of their sons is William John Stephen. Herb had a long career, 36 years, in law enforcement in his hometown, another unexpected connection to the Australian Stephen clan. I was the police chief in Winnipeg here. It's another strange thing because apparently William's father was also a policeman in uh, New South Wales. Herb and his wife were invited to attend the rededication ceremony to be held in Fromelles on Wednesday, but he's unable to attend due to health concerns. Still, his presence will be felt. He provided wording for the gravestone for the cousin he never knew. His niece and nephew, both aged in their mid-50s, will represent the family at the ceremony. Here's Matthew Condon again. I mean, it's shock, it's wonder for these relatives, it's excitement. Some independently have tried to hunt down the identities or the whereabouts of their relatives without success, but it's through the DNA path that we are seeing these men's identities finally being delivered into the hands of their families. Matthew Condon is a senior reporter with The Australian. The Australian will be in attendance at the rededication ceremony in Fromelles on Wednesday. Subscribers can read all our coverage of the commemoration at theaustralian.com.au. A troubled young woman. Her evil parents. We never had any issues between us. Has justice been done? I'm in a prison. Join journalist Richard Gilliatt as he delves into one of Australia's most gripping cases. Shadow of Doubt, a new podcast investigation from The Australian. I cannot find one of these allegations that's possible. Listen now, wherever you get your podcasts.